Welcome to Culture Surfing. Today we're going to talk about Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, Game 2. We're also going to be talking about the Celtics and Miami Heat series. And uh, let's just uh, go ahead and just discuss this uh, marvelous bubble basketball that uh, the NBA has treated us to. Uh, Game 2, the Nuggets. I mean, it kind of looks like, you know, they're going to fall down. 0-2 uh, with a few minutes left in the fourth. And Nikola Jokic just erupts for 10 consecutive buckets. Gets them the lead. Looks like they're going to win. Next thing you know, after possession where Jamal Murray blocks Danny Green's shot clean out of bounds. There's like three seconds left for a play. So, I mean, most of the time you think LeBron's going to get the ball because that's what usually happens in these situations. However, Anthony Davis... Off of a non-screen, which you thought he would get a screen to get this play, um, Mason Plumley misses his assignment, calls for a switch, even though there was no need for a switch on the play for Jeremy Grant, and AD gets a wide-open three-point shot to win the game. So, Noe, just setting that up, uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that uh, ball going up, even before it uh, it went in? What were your thoughts on that? Um, first, the first thing I thought was, despite the blown assignment from Plumley, which was god awful, like he literally turns right to go run into LeBron when he could have just ran right past him. But what stood out to me after that was Yogi's actually closed out on that pretty well. Like he, it, you know, he almost got there. I mean, he contested at the shot. It wasn't just like, it looked like he was wide open when he pulled up, but by the time that he's releasing that ball, Jokic is pretty close to, to at least contesting it. And then it's a big shot. I mean, it's a it's a huge shot. Um, anytime you're, you're in that position, I mean, we saw it, we've seen it happen a few times already these playoffs with the, with the buzzer beaters. But it's a big shot. It's a big moment. And, I mean, he'd hit one from that, from that position not too long, you know, or earlier in the game. And it will keep, I mean, it was clean, dude. Like it was, there was no doubt, you know, he released it with plenty of time. It was a great shot. I wish it hadn't ended that way. Uh, I was kind of hoping that the Nuggets would win that one and, and make it a series. I still think they can make it a series. I just, it would have been nice if it had been one, one going into the next game. Yeah. Especially, especially the yoga effort. Oh, that that's more than fair to say. I mean, it was one of those moments where, I mean, let's be honest here. It looked like the Nuggets were done that game. And the Lakers, it looks like the Lakers thought that, and that's how they played. I mean, they were passive. There was actually um, some very questionable turnovers, and um, two of those being on ter- uh, LeBron. And it just seemed like they were lax. Like they were, they, they were settled in and what they thought was going to be a win instead of just doing what they did in game one, which was killing the nuggets by just being relentless. And they gave a chance for Jokic to get comfortable. I mean, Jokic for the first half, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that he was dominated, but Dwight Howard's presence has definitely um, inflicted some, you know, bad, I don't want to say bad shooting, but, it's influenced uh, in the Lakers' favor. Um, 
because of their actually doing what they didn't do against Houston, which what they didn't need to do, but by being big, right? Um, because Dwight Howard's an actual physical uh, imposing player, unlike uh, Montrez Harrell of the Clippers. And I mean, Jokic just didn't have rhythm. And then, but the second half came. And I mean, look, Jokic is by the free throw line, basically. And he starts a post up and he puts Anthony Davis in the dunker circle within like two dribbles. I mean, that's how strong this guy is. He was looking very confident. And I mean, he he absolutely willed this Nuggets team to a potential win. And I don't want to make it about, you know, who messed up or whatever. But I mean, when it's that obvious that you stole one almost and missed free throws, which we'll get into later. And also one of the worst basketball follies I've ever seen is the Mason. I mean, this guy ran into an invisible screen. I mean, he pretty much assisted on that Anthony because Anthony Davis was wide open. And like you said, he hit another one and it was actually his two uh, three pointers were in part of me in the fourth quarter. And one of them was a step back three that was literally in that same spot. Literally. And it's just, you got to tip your hat to the Lakers. Cause honestly, they, they, they do look like the better basketball team. I mean, they just play a, a brand of basketball that's, physically imposing, but at the same time has enough finesse and their shooters are actually starting to show up, including like KCP. Danny Green is actually showing up. I know uh, most of the playoffs, you know, he's been kind of off and on, but he's looking good now. And it's just, I mean, I'm not a super big Nuggets fan, but I am a fan of, of getting more basketball. And I mean, Nikola Jokic was well on his way I mean, if it wasn't for Anthony Davis doing what he did, I mean, we'd be talking about um, Nikola Jokic's performance. I mean, 10 consecutive fourth quarter points. You don't see that that often, especially against, you know, one of the better defensive teams in the playoffs. Arguably, I think they are the best defensive team left in the playoffs. And Jokic made AD look like a subpar defender on some of these plays where he just backed them into the basket with like two or three dribbles. But yeah, I mean, kudos to the Lakers. Uh, I still don't think the Nuggets are done here, but I mean, it's this ain't the Clippers, man. I mean, I know we like to say stuff about LeBron's past, about what he's done, about falling apart and and whatnot. But I know for a fact that as a leader, he's not going to have his team just fall back and and be okay long term. But yeah, um, speaking of LeBron in the fourth quarter, I know you're going to want to hear this. I don't want to say he disappeared. But uh, it was definitely the AD show for the fourth quarter. It was definitely the AD show. Uh, LeBron going one for six from the field in general, zero for three. Um, he also had two turnovers, which led uh, the fourth quarter on the Lakers um, in uh, turnovers. I mean, Anthony Davis had 10 points. And, I mean, he showed up, and obviously he hit two big shots. I mean, that step back three was just – I've never seen Anthony Davis hit a shot like that. And this is one of those series that it's like, I knew Anthony Davis was for real, but he's like really putting the team on his back, you know, with these kind of games. Yeah, Man, there's, um, there's a lot that I, that you went over just now that I, we'll start with LeBron. Um, that fourth quarter performance is not the performance of somebody that was, Days ago, throwing a pity party 
I'm upset. It upsets me. 16 votes in the MVP race. That was upset me. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Step up in the fucking fourth quarter in the conference finals. If you really want to sit here and bitch about I had 16 votes, I, I, that upsets me. Get the hell out of here, bro. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Nobody wants to hear that. I think it's pretty clear cut that the MVP of the regular season was Giannis. There's no, I'm sorry. No bro. debating. You ain't even there. Team, bro, I've been I've been at this all season long. If they split the the Curry Durant votes years ago, there's no reason why LeBron gets a landslide votes for for that Lakers squad. Because I'm sorry, bro, you ain't been doing it alone, and most of the time, you've been the one in the backpack, bro. So I'm not trying to hear it. Uh, I'm sorry, especially not with that fourth quarter performance. Sloppy, absolutely sloppy, and then and then he comes out. And he said, "Then and I'm not buying this either because the way that that play played out, I don't want to hear. Oh yeah, it was it was drawn out for me because that play didn't look like it was drawn out for LeBron, regardless of what the hell Plumley was doing. It, it 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 the rotation of the play, it didn't look like at any point LeBron didn't even move. Like he literally stood there throughout the entirety of the development of that play." And I, I'm just sorry. I don't see how that was going to LeBron at any point, right? Like, unless AD was sprinting, you know, down the, the perimeter to try and go set a screen, maybe a backdoor screen for LeBron to come across and take the shot from the same position. It didn't look like it made sense. Like, I don't know how they draw that up for LeBron. It looked like it was designed to go to AD. The hot hand. I mean, right, exactly. It looked like it was drawn. It looked like it was drawn out that way. And much to Denver's chagrin, Plumley blew his coverage, and he got the look, you know. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know, man. I was I'm, the whole thing with LeBron and 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 his performance, and and this has not been this is not a this is not a uh, one time incident. We I, we've been talking about this, you know, for quite some time now about disappearing, you know, his disappearing act in the playoffs, and. How to be honest? I mean, we already know AD led the team in almost every statistical category except for assist all season long. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I don't want to hear him come out and say he's upset about those 16 votes. Like, get out of here, bro. You lucky you got that many because there's so many people running around voting based on narratives. Is that really? You're the one complaining about the narrative, dude. Oh my god, bro. I that, mean, that's one thing. It's it's this is the one thing I'll say about that because I honestly. I understand LeBron. He's all about theatrics, right? Like that's what he is. And I get it. You, you know, he's trying to do whatever he can. Cause he is, he is the player that tries to control the narrative the most out of most of what I see in right. the NBA. And I can, I can kind of respect it. Cause sometimes reporters do have these really false narratives and they run with them. And I don't want to say names, but right. you know, some of them are on Fox and they're not even necessarily reporters. They're just people that talk to talk. Talk, and, yeah. yeah, and I and I get the players wanting to take power and, and independence and whatnot, but this is this was this was just below uh, LeBron. LeBron, he won four, and who's to say you won't win another one? But I mean, Giannis was on a team that was on the verge of winning seventy before the breakup or the suspension of the league, and I mean, he was on the best defensive team. He was the best defensive player. I mean, come on, he had the most dominant season since Shaq. In like two thousand, he, he beat LeBron in every statistical category except for assist. 
It, yeah. It's I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't understand what he's pissed off about. What is what, yeah. what is he frustrated about? I, I really think he's. He, I don't think he, I. I, I don't think he's genuinely because. Personal or allegiance to you because you didn't, dude. You weren't the MVP. I'm sorry. You might not even be the MVP of your own team. Just move on. I I, I think really, I mean, and I'm sure he's focusing on this, but I just think all that matters now is just winning the championship because that's all we care about with LeBron. I mean, you've won, he's won what, four MVPs? At this point, he don't need to win no more MVPs, man. I mean, even Jordan didn't win him every year. I mean, when Carl Malone won it over him that one year and Jordan met him in the finals and beat him, I mean, ultimately that's what we care about now, right? That's what his legacy is. We don't care about MVPs because we know it doesn't matter anymore. Everybody knows what that finals record looked like. But yeah. no, I'm just, I, I just, I, I, you're, you should be the most dominant player in basketball. Like, dude, don't come out here and try and sound like you got a chip on your shoulder and like you're the underdog and everybody's against you. And no, dude, come on. Quit trying to do that to the narrative. Just go out and play your game and dominate like you should. Like, right. like you're the best player you generate, like he is. I just, it's just, I don't like it, bro. It's, it's, it feels, it feels weak. It feels soft. It feels petty. Well, you know, like, you talk about all, all, he had to, bro, all he had to say was all he had to say is come out and just congratulate Giannis for it. Giannis earned right. it, you know. Yeah, just give him prop and and move on. Like you, yeah, you know you're you're supposed to be chasing things, not not you know chasing MVPs. Like let it go. Be if you're gonna be upset about losing a ring, then I'm understanding about that, you know. But dude, you're 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 looking at the like you're worried about this regular season award and you're upset about a regular season award. When your whole thing is supposed to be you're chasing goats, right? Like, mm-hmm. it don't make no, it don't make no sense to me. I'm sorry, just especially considering that he really didn't deserve it. Yeah, I mean, and I can see why people voted for him. I mean, I'm not gonna like completely disregard what he did. Um, but Giannis was MVP, man, and and you know what? You know how the league goes. Giannis is gonna win this one, and he probably won't win for another five years or so because uh, voting yeah, fatigue. Yeah, they're they're gonna pick yeah. someone else, and and quite frankly, there's a lot of young bucks. I mean, no pun intended, but like Tatum could win next year, Luca could win in next. I mean, there's a lot of younger players that are in this league right now that could very well win in next year. The way that, the way that Spider played during that series, right, he, right, hell, he might be a yeah for this next season. There's players out there that can ball out and put their name in that hat right yeah. now. It, there isn't, you know, especially what you're saying. There, it, Giannis would have to have a historic season for him to try yeah. and even get his name back in the tribute just, just because of, you know, like, like we were just mentioning about voter fatigue. But back to the game, the other topic that we're going on here was Jokic. You know, this this is a stark difference from what he did, from what he faced against the Clippers because the Lakers can literally – cycle out you know multiple players to keep them busy as far as like throwing them different looks on defense and not necessarily just you know letting him walk by you know easily he's he's obviously he's he's going to be facing ad he's going to be facing javel he's going to be facing dwight mm-hmm. and what you want but he's not you know there's not going to be a whole lot of easy you know buckets there where like in the Clippers series, it wasn't the case at all. You know, he was getting whatever he wanted and he was distributing and he's still playing well, but he's having to work a lot harder for it. 
And I think that that's kind of been the bigger difference. And it's been, and I think that and then to his to his you know credit that that was probably to me what was most impressive about that fourth quarter is that he's not you know he's not doing it against you know easy competition. I mean he's 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 constantly got physical bodies you know that can actually you know size up and try and make it difficult for him. You know, so so. Good for him. I, I wanted them to win, you know. I, I wanted his his performance to be rewarded. And it's a damn shame because if it, your name is not Jokic or Murray on that Nuggets team, you just you're just kind of you're just there on the pass. You're just watching the game go by. Like Michael Porter was the third leading scorer in the game with fifteen. And then after that it's like Paul Millsap six. Gary Harris three points. Jeremy Grant seven. Tory Craig three. Du- those year three and missing free throws in the clutch. One for five. Mason Plumbers. Yeah. For Dozier. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, if you're not going to come out here uh, and perform, like at the very minimum, go out there and hit your free throws. But, yeah, you're not going to go and do one for five from the free throw line. You got to be more productive than that. You know, he's only got 15 minutes on the court, but you got to make those count, you know? And he's not a player that plays a lot either. No, the, but the ones that are concerning to me the most is like 28 minutes from Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. And, bro, they're just like you're shooting, you know, two for six from the field. And that's it. Like you're not getting into double-digit reboundings. You, you, you got one assist. Paul Millsap has to step up, man. He's got to do something in this series to try and, you know, get some help to to Jokic and get some help to Murray because those two guys are having a they're they're having to do it all. Yeah. I mean my uh all NBA uh playoffs point guard, I, I really thought uh, Murray would slip, but I'm I still have him there. I mean this dude is doing having to do a lot. I mean because so look this is a stat I have for you. This is a really scary... minus yeah you saw it yeah, so yes, for the people that haven't seen it, for the people that haven't seen it, John Hollinger is a big stat guy. He used to work uh, with the Grizzlies and also ESPN before that. Uh, he is actually the inventor of the PER stat. He's with the Athletic now. Uh, per John Hollinger, Jamal Murray was plus 16 in 44 minutes, and somehow the Nuggets lost the other four minutes so badly that they didn't win. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, I think it was like, what, like 18 whenever during those four minutes that he wasn't on the court. Yeah, and then to that is to follow it up. Tom Haberstroh of NBC Sports, and he also be he also used to be with ESPN, very big analytical guy. Game two scoreboard scoreboard with Jamal Murray on the bench. Lakers nineteen, Denver one point. That's crazy. I mean, you could tell it's it's because if it's not Jokic and if it's not Jokic, you know, because what Jokic usually does is he'll create from the post. Or, you know, he'll what mm-hmm. he'll do is they'll have him run high screens up top with Jamal Murray. Ooh. And but he other had the than team that, in assisted, I mean, yeah, he had nine assists. That's that literally five more assists than anybody else on the team, right? And, and the thing is, though, Jamal he creates a lot, and I mean, he he can get something out of nothing most of the time. And and like Dozier, Dozier, I I can. I commend his performance because there was actually times where he like got an N1 layup on Anthony Davis. He created. But when that's the guy that's doing it 
that's a bad sign. You need a veteran in there. Like you said, Paul Millsap has not looked all that great. Um, Sands the uh, no. what the twelve zero run he had or ten zero run he had against the Clippers. He's not really doing much here. I mean, he's ten and zero or zero and ten versus LeBron all time in the playoffs. So do with that what you will. But it's just she just doesn't have a good run with um, LeBron on it's the other team. It's not just him. Like no, Gary but he's, Harris but plays twenty five. This is true, but Millsap Millsap is. The veteran, you expect, yeah, step up. Yeah, you don't expect Gary Harris to come in there and score a lot. You know, like I don't know. It's just it. it you would think that he's gonna he's gonna help more yeah. than what he has been, but he hasn't. He hasn't stepped up. I mean, matter of fact, really, the Michael Porter Jr. is the only guy that's really kind of doing something, right? He he's. I mean, Gary Harris considering didn't even playing a fourth. I mean, he, that just shows you. Porter's only playing like 20 minutes a game. He's yeah. not getting that much play time. No. You know, which I mean, off the not bad, but, you know, he he's really not playing a whole lot of minutes in comparison. And, I mean, he's making the most of it, I suppose, but it's got to, there's got to be more help. It, it, the, the team needs more balance, is what it really comes down to. They need to, they need to have more balance in, in their offense because otherwise you're just going to run Murray and Jokic to the ground. And these guys, honestly, they're, Dude, especially going back to back series that are got stretched out all the way to seven, like you're not—they're not getting no breaks, you know. Like, dude, they have to be super thankful right now that they're getting probably the longest break that they've had since they've since they've started, you know, at least playoff play, you know, in in, in here this this couple of days that they're off right now because they really haven't had a break and they're playing. To, especially if you're talking about Murray, Murray's playing, you know, forty to forty-four minutes a game you know, seven game series, like, dude, that's exhausting, you know, that you got to get help from somewhere. And I get it. I mean, these are top line athletes, right? They can do it. But if you don't think that fatigue is going to become a factor at some point, then, you know, you're going to be in for a surprise. Yeah. I mean, this team is, has really not had much break, you know, because they've been playing all these seven game series. And I mean, yeah, you could say that's their fault or whatever, but it's just the facts. And, Jokic, I mean, I don't know if you saw the footage, but um, before the game, like before they came out of the tunnel, he was doing some exercise where he was just running full sprints down the hallway. I don't know if that was for conditioning or he was just what he that's what he does to warm up. But I don't know. It's just I've I've never and I've seen a lot of Nuggets games. I've never seen them show anything like that, you know, pregame of him doing it. So I don't know if that's a ritual or not or if it's just because. He's got to find a way to, to, to I don't know, to find a new method to to stretch or something. I don't know what that was, but I've never seen it, so I just found that interesting. And yeah, uh, but moving on with you uh, want to, what's up? Well, listen, you want you want to do some high intensity uh, cardio before the stretch. You want those muscles already warm when you stretch. You yeah. don't want to stretch cold muscles. Right. So that's that's what I, that I, I didn't really look at too much into it, but I just found it interesting that, that I've never seen him do that before. And he just. But speaking of the rest, though, you know, like I said, we were talking about them going back to back seven game series. The Lakers, on the other hand, they've been taking care of business and they've been getting, you know, a good amount of rest. And that kind of takes me to this point. They so far, especially like if you're looking at what's left, right? Between the Lakers, Nuggets, 
Boston and, and Miami, who we'll talk here about in a second, the Lakers look like the best team remaining. Um, you know, at one point, and, and I know a lot of people would probably say that they, that was the case from, you know, day one, right? They're the number one seed in the West, so you, they, they should be favored um, in every series, right? But the way that they they kind of finished off the regular season in the bubble going into the playoffs, they didn't look like the, anything impressive, you know? They, they looked that they were just nonchalantly getting by and knowing that once he was secure and, you know, you you did have your curiosities. And then they have had some game ones where they look really odd, where they just kind of like, you know, not ready to play, basically. But other than that, they've they've looked solid. They look like they look like a they look like the team to beat. They look like the contender. It's it, it feels like it's their title to lose. They they obviously, you know, AD's balling. And anytime you have LeBron on your team, you know, you know you gotta you gotta you're gonna have a chance to win any given night. But all of that, you know, the defense is it's really stout. That's really kind of where they're you know, bread and butter is they're anchored down on, on their defense. And then, you know, their offense kind of comes from just, I mean, obviously you have top end talent on the, on the other side of the court where, I mean, AD's going to get his buckets, you know, and LeBron's going to find his way to the free throw line, which I don't even want to talk about that game one. But, he, you know, he's going to get those friendly calls and he'll get to the free throw line plenty. And, and I mean, he's going to hit his buckets too, but it's – it seems at this point in time that the Lakers are definitely the team to beat. Yeah, speaking of LeBron getting to the line, I mean, in Game One, I'm I'm not I don't want to talk about because you know it's already been talked about beating over with a stick many times. But I will say that LeBron forced issue in transition, and Denver had no answer for him in transition. And uh, game two, the only thing that stood out to me is when he tried to like dunk on Michael Porter and Michael Porter was like, nah, I'm going to foul you and that's not going to happen. And other than that, I don't really yep. remember. I don't really remember LeBron getting out in transition um, that game. Um, but yeah. I like, the, I like the heart. You know, dude, go protect your rim, you know, whatever it takes. Put him on yeah, the free throw no, line. That was so awesome. Get... Yeah, I'm uh, cool with that. And, you know, and he, I think LeBron He's a kid. Not timid. Nah, he well, he's obviously uh got some confidence. I mean, he's got the the gall to uh call out his pretty much call out his coach for not giving him the ball enough and like in his in his team not giving him the ball enough. Uh so yeah. It's a little too much. Yeah, no, I mean we we've made fun of him in the past for his awareness on off court issues and, and on court things. So yeah, he's he's definitely confident but it's kind of like lacking awareness but yeah i mean the lakers are definitely the best team left uh i'm not gonna sit here and talk about what they'll do against the east because they still got to get past the nuggets and, and the nuggets have earned respect to uh you know to get that chance to get another comeback even if they don't i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about them like they're done the nuggets if you're the nuggets everything's going according to plan you're gonna lose one more and then well, you got to win the next one and then lose one, yeah, and then go into it three down. And you're good, you know. That, that's that, that's the plan, right? That's how you win. Yeah, it, we could joke about it, but that's a trend. So, I mean, it's a real one now, right? Right, like, like usually that's like a funny, like talking point, but it's legit. Like that's they're. I mean, it's like Jokic. He's a. It's kind of like him. He's he's slow to start up. He doesn't necessarily always turn up the first quarter. He kind of. He kind of lets his team, you know, 
he tries to get his teammates involved, and then the forwards, it's like, all right, I'm gonna do the somber somber shuffle, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my thing, you know. But yeah, the the Lakers legitimately still, look good. What's up? There's still a lot of a lot of basketball to be played. I don't I don't see it being a sweep. No, I and the Nuggets. I mean, they did what they uh, whatever they did against the Clippers. It's like they, they're not getting swept no matter what. They can lose, maybe win one more, or win two more, and and then go out. But they're not going out like that. Uh, but before also we talk about before we talk about the Celtics Heat, um, I do. I just want to state that Nicole Jokic is the best center in the league. I know people want to say Anthony Davis just because he got that All NBA, but technically he plays most of his minutes at the four. Um, I know he does. Yeah, I know. I know he. I know that he does play a lot at the five. But even AD doesn't consider himself a center. And he also, um, on Basketball Reference, they got him playing only forty percent of his possessions um, at the center. So technically, I'm not going to put him as a center. That, that's a lot, but I mean, it's it's not majority. It's not even half and half. So I mean, technically, I'll, I'll give it to Yoke. No, I don't, I don't. It's not outrageous to say that Jokic is the best center. In the yeah, league, I mean, and and well, it it's not even like a spur of the moment thing because even last year Jokic had, um, I mean, he was one game away from going to the Western Conference Finals again last year against Portland. So it's like, and he had good showings. It wasn't like he just was there. I mean, he had good showings of Jamal. Ball. No. Yeah, he can ball. Best center in the league. Um, but I want to say that Anthony Davis is is legit a top five player and deserves like all the credit in the world. And like, no matter what, Mason Plumlee messed up or whatever. But AD did what he was supposed to do, and he won the game. You still got to hit. The shot. Yeah, well, you still have to hit the. Shot. Yeah, Jokic, he, he put the shot out there. He's you, it's you still got to hit it. It's still a pressure moment. You you, you know you, it was still somewhat contested. I you know. Props to AD. And one more thing I will say about, uh, like, just gameplay stuff. I want to see Jokic back down AD uh, sooner in the game because I don't think they did that enough earlier. Um, And and that's what I want to see. I want to see them get AD switched on him somehow because a lot of it was Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard was, like, borderline dirty uh, that first half. I mean, but he was he – was, <laughs> He was doing what he needed to do. Let, let's put it like this. Dwight Howard has found his way in the league of being a bona fide role player. And I'm going to give him all the credit in the world for finally accepting what he needs to do. And he's doing it. But no, give me more Jokic against AD in the post. Do I get six fouls like everybody else? And he used five of them. And, he, and you can expect him to continue to use five of them, if not six, moving forward. Yeah. So and I'm okay that, with that. Like, and that foul feels oh, like three fouls. He's big dude. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's making him count. Yeah, my fiance, he's making all five of them. My fiance looked at him and and she was like, "He is massive." I was like, "I know this dude's like a football player." Just imagine him running into you. I mean, and it's it's just that's how the Lakers look. They're big, man. It's like, I mean, they're not old school yeah. big, but they're big. They're like the biggest team left in the league. Like at least with these teams, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to give Anthony Davis his flowers and and Jokic his due. Um, but uh, if do you have anything else to say about the series before we talk about the Celtics Heat? No, I'm I'm, I'm ready for the next game. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, we just move on. We can move on. Uh, 
Boston, Miami. What do you think? Well, you had them in – you had the Heat in seven, right? <laughs> yeah. And I had the Celtics in seven. And, I mean, yeah. it could have very well – it could have been very well uh, Boston Celtics up in, uh, up in this series, but they just – I don't know what it is about this Miami Heat, but they will not die, man. You know, they're they're making like – 17 point comebacks. Uh, even in the game three uh, that they lost, I mean, they still like cracked in single digits. Uh, I mean, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't lay down, man. Like, no, they don't, they don't lay down. It looks like they should. That they, they keep, they keep clawing. I mean, maybe that's just, I mean, that's kind of the story of Jimmy's life, right? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. That, that kind of, that the team has, I mean, you can say whatever you want about Jimmy Butler, but. That that team has this personality. They they and because I think you know and, I, and you know why I really think it is is because it's a, it's a lot of young players that you know because sometimes when you have a lot of veterans it's not as easy for them to take you know one player's personality because they they're their own they're their own men you know they're their own player they they've been in the league they've they've you know created their own identity and they you know they're not as easy to influence and it's nothing wrong with that but the young kids it's different. Like they're, they're more, they're more likely to buy in into something. And and it seems like they're buying with Jimmy selling and it's working for him. I mean, it's definitely working for him. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about buying with Jimmy selling. He's not just selling coffee. Y'all. I know y'all heard about him, you know, almost. Yeah. yeah. It's not just coffee. He's selling. All right. He's selling a dream and his dream looks very real. I mean, we might see, the Miami Heat in the finals again without a LeBron James and without a Dwayne Wade, which I would never think. Right. And, and the, the more success that they have, the more he gets them to buy into whatever the hell yeah. he's selling them, you know? The, the more success that they see is the kids are like, oh, man, like, this shit's actually working. You know, we got a chance at this. You know, we got a real a real opportunity to try and get into these finals. And then, and then you never know, you know? Well, the thing I mean, is... You never know. Jimmy Look is... Look at the Raptors last year get in jimmy's selling something but he's actually he's not like one of those guys that you hear on a podcast that's uh, trying to sell an advertisement just because he has to and he never uses it jimmy uses his product he's actually about it he's telling people to do what he's got it's like the best manager in the world that's i'm not going to tell you to do something that i wouldn't do type stuff and that's what a leader is to me and he's getting his hands dirty i mean he's doing it and it's no way he he doesn't always need the ball, you know. He'll and Drogic, Drogic has been big this series, but Bill Butler, even when he doesn't have the ball time, we've seen what he does in these final possessions, like that uh, drive against Tatum, where Tatum is wrapped all around him. I believe it was game two, and Butler still finishes the layup and gets a foul. You know, oh, like, he like it, there's like double contact in that because there's contact while he's driving, and yeah. then there's contact at the. And he still, bro, he just bullied yeah. him both times for that. Yeah. It, I think and he, it makes me remember his time in mini because what he, what these kids in Miami have bought into is what he was trying to sell to Cat and to Wiggins, and he couldn't, he couldn't get him to do it, you know? They, different they culture, man. They, not, the heat, heat culture is different. It is. 
it is. People don't realize the the influence that you know that old Pat Riley sitting in that front office. Because, dude, I mean, well, you remember when Pat was was coaching? This it seems like a Pat coach team almost. You know, like it, they're feisty. They're they they don't you know it it feels a lot like that. It is a lot to do with the culture from the top to the bottom with this Miami Heat franchise. You know, starting starting with Pat going down to Spolstra. And then and then it, and then they get their hands on Jimmy, you know, thanks to whatever the hell's going on in Philly. And I mean, he fits the mold. He fits the mold perfectly. Yeah, I mean, Tatum is as as for the most part look good. I mean, except for uh, I believe it was Game One where he just missed almost every shot that he took in fourth quarter in OT. Um, Obviously got blocked by Bam, uh, Abad- um, Adebayo, which is, uh, oh. yeah, that was a marvelous block. It defied physics. I I couldn't understand it when I saw it, but I was so happy because I was just like that was a great defensive play and it would deserve to be rewarded. Um, we we talked about this before we started recording tonight. The strength to meet him at the rim and just just go up vertically, right? Because because yeah. all the momentum here is taken. Yeah, the to just pull up and literally just match the momentum that Tatum has with just pure strength at the rim to get that block, and then and then and then with the magnitude of the moment, dude, it was awesome. And I love Tatum, and I hated to see it happen, right? Because I I wanted the jam to go down, right? But you got to give Bam props yeah. to play because that's. That, I mean, that that obviously was the difference in the game in the end. Yeah. And and you know what? Speaking of difference, uh, there is a player that entered, re-entered the lineup for the Celtics, and as Gordon Hayward, of course, his first game back, he was nothing special, but it's like he's been off for so long that I don't expect him to just be thrown in this kind of series and just excel right away. Uh, I just think it's good that they have another option to go to. Um, just takes away Marcus Smart's uh, irrational confidence shots that he takes late in games that I'm sure the Celtics would rather hey, throw so somewhere else. Some of those work out for him. He's got no. A, a he looks better. Time. Yes, this is true. I, I agree. I mean, it's getting to the point where I'm just convinced he's a good three point shooter because that's how 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 confident he is when he takes them. I mean, I don't even look at the numbers. Con- I'm just. I just assume he's good now because he he makes me think that he's good because that's how confident he is. But <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry, but when you got Tatum, um, Jalen Brown down the stretch, I I don't care what Tatum's looking like. Give me Tatum and and Jalen Brown down the stretch with the yeah. ball, uh, and Jalen Brown, uh, he did he did look good in that uh in that game too. Unfortunately, you know they just weren't able to pull it off. Um, but game three, Boston finally, uh, they staved off, um, oh, the heat from another comeback. All the talk about, there was all the talk about what was going on in that Boston locker room. Yeah. Between, I, I guess I know, I know for sure it was smart doing a lot of the yelling. It was so and smart. And, it was smart in uh, Brown. That's who it was. And I thought it was Tatum because I thought it made all the sense in the world for it to be Tatum because Tatum kind of had some lapses in judgment, but it was actually uh, smart in um, in Jalen Brown, which they have since came out and said, hey, we're brothers, you know, blah, 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 which 
Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, look, man, people get into arguments and get heated and still like afterwards they're like, yeah, you know what, you were right or blah, blah, blah. Like it's it's a good sign that they got mad because to me it'd be worse if they just didn't give a crap about it and just moved on. Indifferent. You want you want that competitive fire to to you know to be there. I mean, you and I have never played any semblance of high end competitive basketball together, and we get into fights at the goddamn wreck. Like yeah. we're sitting in the twenty four hour yelling at each other, and, and it's got no relevance to nothing. So yeah. when these guys are doing it in the locker room, and it's not like they're doing it mid game, you know, for everyone to see, right? Right. Like, the locker room is supposed to happen it's sacred it yeah exactly so i was gonna say like if you and i do it at 24 hour fitness there's no reason why i wouldn't expect you know marcus smart and Jalen brown or whoever these guys you know in a conference finals to to not be doing it like it doesn't i don't, I don't know why it's a story i get i get that you know it it's a hot it's a hot thing to say yeah. you know oh there's like beef in the locker you know, then get the fuck out of here. If you've ever played any sports and you haven't had an argument with a teammate and, it, something and, wrong. and it's not, you know, you, then you ain't, you don't care. Yeah. You're just playing just for the hell of it. I mean, we've never played any semblance of anything super competitive. We're just at like 24 hour fitness or whatever, you know, rec we're playing at. And we're at each other's throats because we're trying to win, you know? Right. And, and like, like I said, and I can't imagine how that translates to being in the Eastern Conference Finals and, and then they did it the right way. They did it in the locker room. And then they came out the next game and they balled. You know? Handle business. It's, not, it's, a non, it's literally a non-story. I, right. I don't know why he was really making a deal about this. Yeah. This kind of stuff no. happened. It ain't like the, the KD Draymond in- Green thing. That's a different story because it happened. That happened on the court. On the court. Yes. Very different. And very there were some and very harsh out- things said that indicated that maybe that person won't be there later. You know? Yeah, you see, no, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily bother me. Like, and you know what? And I think that if like if that conversation, uh, like if that if that Draymond Green KD thing happened in the locker room, it wouldn't have bothered KD as much because what was hurt was his pride. Like national yeah. TV saw everyone call me a bitch in front of everybody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If that happened in the locker room. They 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 make up and move on, right? But they have that's there's a big line to be drawn there, and what whatever was going on with smart and brown it it was in the right scenario you know they're they're you're in the locker room after you're going down you know 2-0 that that's it seems like an appropriate moment yeah. to me you know they handled it well too i mean they were like hey we're not gonna tell y'all nothing and we're you know we're brothers we we respect each yeah. other yeah and they gotta win the next game i mean if you're not and mad about it yeah if you're not mad right. about it you know, when you're really in a position to be up this series and you're, and you're flaming out and doing all this crap in the end of games, I'd be pissed too. It, Marcus exactly. Smart has been like this since college. I mean, this guy is a very, I don't want to say passionate, he's but he's fiery. Yeah, I mean, this guy is, that's where he is. How he got to this league is because of that, man. I mean, he's not pure talent. No, and that's part of what makes him good, you know? Yeah. Like, he's running down, chasing people. On blocks the last round is that's that's what he does he 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 competes he's a competitor yeah and and the rest of the squad is not that that much unlike him i mean they they want they want to win they they want to compete and oftentimes you know 
those frustrations they they boil over and and the locker room is a place to have those conversations and and it is they don't have to be polite they can be loud they can be they can sound mean like if you're sitting on the outside of the door and you're hearing it you know yeah. sure i'm sure it can sound i mean know, disruptive but that's, that's that's kind of just the way that those, those conversations yeah. tend to go I mean, you're full of adrenaline. But, it's kind of hard to stop yourself from getting a little no. overboard. I mean, that just it's happens. It's one thing if you're out in the court and you're just being completely dominated and then, you know, you go into the locker room with a different mentality of like, man, we're just getting outplayed. But they haven't really been getting, like, just smacked, you know? Like, they've been playing well. They've been – a matter of fact, they've they've probably been playing – they've been playing better than, than the Heat have. It's just the Heat have – locked it down in the crunch and they've made up you know these deficits to 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 find ways to win games and and that's probably why in the root of the frustration for the celtics after that game yeah. that said you know that it's a non-story those kind of things happen all the time if they if they happen in red basketball i promise you that it's no different in the pros and it's definitely more intense because these players are where they are because of their competitive drive and 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 at the stakes that they're playing at you can believe it that it's gonna be something that happens a lot indeed well said um yeah uh i really don't have much else to say about the series because i i still think it's gonna be interesting one uh but I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Miami Heat team in the finals because even like I mentioned earlier, the Celtics won Game Three, but Miami still, they still was like kind of. It was to the point where Mike Breen was like, "Oh, well, they're getting it within. They're only down by thirteen, and there's five minutes left. They're within 10. And he kept just. And it was like he was expecting them to like legit come back and win, dude. I was like, "Bro, chill. Like, I get where you're going here, but relax. Okay, you got to let it happen first, but." It, it seemed like they were just it, expecting the Heat to come back and win. <laughs> it feels a little bit like when we were watching, and this, I know we're the only ones that make these references because we're Mavs fans, but it feels a lot like that Mavs OKC series um, in 11, right? Where like OKC would take big leads and look like they were the dominant team and then go into the fourth quarter and just wouldn't be able to close out. Right. You know, I, I think the Celtics team. It just it's right there at that at that boiling point where they're they almost got it figured out, you know? And it feels like really the only difference in this is, is Jimmy, because you know, the Heat are also pretty young, but Jimmy's not the kind that is I mean, if there's something that guy knows how to do is is step up and close out, you know? Right. So I think the Celtics just they need to they need to play their brand of basketball because they play excellent ball. Both of these teams, uh, the biggest thing we talked about this before the series. The biggest thing is both of these teams are so well balanced. Like if you look at the if you look at a box score for these games, like Jalen Brown twenty six points from his last game, Tatum twenty five, Campbell twenty one, Marcus twenty. You talking about four players twenty plus points, and then you go down. And you look at, you know, the Heat, they got Bam, 27, Jimmy, 17, Crowder, 10, Dragic, 11, Robinson, twenty or 13, Hero, 22. That's six players in double digits. It's none of the, neither of these teams is, 
you know, an ISO, you know, dominant. And, and, and both teams do it from time to time, but it's very much about balance and getting everybody involved and having what you would consider, you know, be like just a team offense, you know. It's the heat, the, they move the ball so well. They don't take a lot of bad shots because of it. It's just both of these teams very balanced on both ends of the court. Both both of them full of guys that can play offense, play defense. And, and you know, it makes for, for a good brand of basketball and it makes for enjoyable, you know, basketball to watch, even if there isn't like, you know, the big, big superstar names like, you know, on the other in the other series with LeBron and AD, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, Jimmy Butler's not a small name. You know, Tatum is not a small name, but but they're not, you know, they're not known to be superstars. No, that's fair. More than fair. Um, I will say, too, uh, we want to talk about team effort. The Miami Heat have been playing a lot of zone, which is kind of surprising, at least to me. I I, I didn't know that they were a zone playing team. It kind of was like a Rick Carlisle back in the day, like once again, dip into the 2011 would kind of, you know, play a lot mm-hmm. of zone. And the Heat are just mm-hmm. – they're just very um, disciplined. I mean, this like we're just going to go back to mm-hmm. the culture. They're a very disciplined team. And this is without Jimmy Butler. Like, they they were going to be disciplined regardless because that's the brand they play. But the way that he can galvanize right. his team and they're actually receptive. Yeah, to, yeah Spolstra, um, Pat Riley. Um, this this co- yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to, to root against this team, man. Like – it's I'm I'm happy for teams that play like this, and, and this is not a shot to any other brand of basketball, but this is a a breath of fresh air. I mean this I mean this team took down the best one of the best teams of regular season teams of all time. You know, I mean they made them look yeah, like they were nothing. A, as a basketball fan, first and foremost, I'm completely happy with whoever comes out of this series because both of them are going to come out and compete regardless, you know, and, and they may not necessarily, neither of these teams is going to go into the next series being favored. Um, but, but they're also not going to go out there and lay down like a dog either. You know, they're, they're going to go out there and play their role and, and, and fight, you know, fight it out in that underdog position. And they're more than capable to make it competitive regardless of what team comes out of this. I'll be happy to watch them play in the finals because like I said, both teams, you know, I just I love balance, man. I, I I've always been a fan of of team, you know, basketball, both offense and defense. It's just I it's it's I enjoy it. I've always been that way. I've always hated the uh, you know, couple of superstars on the team, and they're the ones that do all the work, and then everybody else is just kind of like you know, I get to inbound right. the ball or right. whatever the hell is. You know, it's just it's not as entertaining to me because you're not going to win the whole thing that way. I'm sorry. Like you, you can get there, but you're not going to win the whole championship championship that way. Like you're going to have to have your role players step up. Yeah, it's the conversation that we have about Harden, Westbrook, you know, guys like that. Where, you know, I mean, R.I.P. Kobe before he he passed came out and said he didn't he didn't he didn't foresee that that brand of basketball would ever win. And in talking about Harden, you know. Um, and, and, and it, I think, you know, I for sure agree with that. You know, like I, I just, it, it doesn't seem like it's, a, it's a formula for success. Whereas like Harden would, is, is significantly better than any, any piece offensively on either of these two teams. 
yet both of these teams to me are better offensive teams because of the way that they move the ball and because of the way that they have balance. Yeah. It's a, it's a system thing. And uh, yeah, I'm just, whoever comes out of the series, I, Hey, that's cool. Whoever does. I mean, obviously I made the Celtics in seven, but Miami heat winning would be awesome. Cause I mean, look, you beat the Milwaukee bucks. It's kind of like, man, you might as well just see them run all the way through to the finals and see what happens then. Cause I mean, <laughs> the bucks were a lot of people's favorites out of the East, my favorite to win and possibly win it all. I honestly, I had them. I don't know if I outright had the bucks win it all, but for, for the heat to knock them out in the way that they did, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. And, and they deserve all the credit. I'm going to put What's a question up? in your head to think about for another time. I said, I'm going to put a question in your head to think about for another time. Okay. I, I think we probably both agree on this because we've talked about it earlier. Assuming that the Lakers advance. And we'll talk about this next time we talk. Who do you feel is the better matchup? Boston or Miami? Who do you feel like comes out and has a better chance yeah. at really making it or even maybe winning it? Yeah, that's, so that's a good one. think about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for a cliffhanger for next time, y'all. Um, is there anything else you need, wanted to say, Noe, about just this uh, series or just the playoffs in general before we get out of here? No, no. Uh, I think, I think uh, as far as the on-court stuff, we've talked about it all. We covered most of it. I, you know, if anything is to come to mind, you know, it's not coming. It's not coming to right, right now. But no, definitely got some good. We got a couple of days. Today there was no basketball. We were recording this on Monday night. You guys would probably get this Tuesday morning. But it's kind of a weird night not having any basketball on tonight, and or not having any sports. Period. You know, I mean, we have we have football. But yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't watched any football. No, he's done watch more football than I have because uh, I have literally watched no football. But that's another topic, another conversation. Yeah, I, um, I watched my Cowboys. Complete a miracle. The butthole cuncher, man. The they, they, they were, that's scary, <laughs> man. That is the forever. Golly, you know, uh, there was a crazy stat I saw. Um, there, there is a stat I saw is I want to say, I, I want to say it correctly, but it was the win rate for a team that scores 39 points and has no turnovers was. 440 to zero never wow. lost in 440 chances that it happened well and the falcons man. they just man they they find a way bro they find <laughs> they they find a way to somehow thank it but well at least atlanta was, has trey young right they got trey young we'll, we'll say that about atlanta <laughs> but yeah before we get out of here, folks, uh, I just want to uh, discuss, you know, our aspirations of, you know, doing better for y'all. Uh, once again, I know we had to take a hiatus, but there are just things. There's just a lot of things going on. No, he's a family man. You know, our jobs schedules are kind of different. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to record last week, uh, at least the sports side. Yeah, you know? you're over yeah I'm, you're I'm over here. out. Yeah, I mean, I'm working in the mornings, early mornings. No, he's pretty much working all day, and then he's got his his baby, you know. So things happen. You know, we're trying to do our best to, to get back at y'all um, as much as we can. I mean, I have this pod coming out we'll tomorrow. 
Then I got a music pod coming out Friday. So I'm trying to double up for y'all every week, you know. Um, but we really do. We we appreciate any criticism, constructive criticism that we can uh, get. We also would really love for y'all to go and rate us on um, Apple. Subscribe. Once again, you know, follow Noe on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, my at is uh, Lance underscore 972. And Noe, what is your uh, Twitter? I always forget what my Twitter handle is, bro. Yeah, we got to get, we're trying to get Noe more on the Twitter game. His, his, his thing is really just looking out for uh, Woj reports and sham reports, really. Yeah. yeah. Off season is like my Twitter haven, but my ad is uh, at A11 underscore Noe. So if you guys want to hit me up on there, I try to stay active, especially during the basketball games and be, be tweeting during the games and, you know, Feel free to go on there and call me an idiot or agree with me or whatever you want to do. Talk about some, you know, some of the games for sure. But uh, we're, we're trying to to build something here, and and you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and blah blah blah, cliche, cliche, whatever you want to say. But we really are trying, and you know, we have some stuff planned. We have some very great guests um, that will come later. I, I kind of just want us, me and Noe, to to run this show. Uh, for the playoffs because I think there's more than enough content right now to talk about with the games being played. But once the games are off, uh, we do have some some guests uh, coming on here that I think y'all will be excited about. Uh, that's, I think it's fair to say for some that work for some great publications that you read um, or at least see, you know, on the Twitter.coms and the Facebooks, whatever. But um, until next time, uh, Culture Surfing, Once again, you know, thank you for listening and y'all be safe out there.